Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Greg Detmeyer. Sitting next to me again, Jenny, we're starting to miss you here, is Kelly Simon, our curriculum director at Western Dubuque. Kelly, this is like your third one. You should be getting broke into the mic now. I'm pretty comfortable. You're looking a little like Jay Hill. Um, <laughs> you've been acting like that mic is your own. Uh, at this point, Jenny's still coming back eventually. We'll see. This, this is a unique podcast because we have the beautiful view of the Mississippi River and the Julian Dubuque Bridge behind us because we are talking live from KPEC here in Dubuque, Iowa, and we have a special guest. Yeah, we have Trevor Reagan with us again, actually. Um, last time he was awesome enough to um, basically virtually podcast with us. This time it's live and in person, which is always a blessing. And essentially, if you're not familiar with Trevor's work, um, it's amazing, number one. But let me just use his words. He says, I'm on an adventure to discover and share the science of growth and development. And in a nutshell, we're lucky enough that he is taking us with us on that journey, with him on that journey. So here we are, and you know, since Trevor be, um, believes in growth mindset, I would have to believe that since the last time we've talked to him, he's done some digging deeper and some learning, some more learning himself. So I think that's kind of where we want to focus on today. And um, so tell us, Trevor, where are you at with that? There's been a lot of upgrades. I would say the last three months has led to more progress than any other three month span, and maybe not adding new concepts but refining the ones and figuring out how they relate and connect and explaining them explaining them in a more concise way and so i think the way that the message message is really upgraded it's just like we've defined it as it's like a pursuit to become a great learner and there's lots of science out there that can help you in that journey growth mindset is one pillar of that but it's not the whole story and so just understanding that this core of having the growth mindset is essential that i believe i can grow but then to build on that core and add new layers to being a great learner and understanding adversity and how to learn from failure and understanding fear and all these elements they all work together and fit under that category of i want to use science to get better at learning and that's kind of the that's the real mission and so sometimes people assume that oh we're just teaching growth mindset and that is a huge part of the message because it's so powerful Dweck's work is like imperative if we're going to become a better learner but to build on that I think is effective and so that's been exciting to just draw in from other arenas and just really like refine and build the message so. uh, I'll never forget last year um, you were here presenting and um, uh, a colleague of mine did like a breakout session on what growth mindset has done for in particular one of our elementary schools in our district right and amazing things mm -hmm. but when I actually had like the crowd like kind of give me that like deep reflective thinking and that kind of crooked look and maybe even a few jaw drops was when we talked about how so you know when you're teaching growth mindset and what what comes beyond like telling a student so you're not there yet and so like if that's the end of your sentence you're not teaching growth mindset <laughs> right and so yeah. so that that's that's such a great thing that oh, you're yeah. building that when you're um, out and about and, yeah. and on your journey too. And, and like the the power of yet in that concept is important it is but again it's not the whole story and so just like like Dweck 
has wrote about this. Like some people assume growth mindset is just talking about effort. No, there's so much more to being a great learner than just that. And so much more to growth mindset than just that. And so like really digging into this stuff and then sharing those principles in a way where two things hopefully happen. People understand it and they're like, oh, that's what it is. And then even more important than that is now I know how to run with it. And so I think it's easily to get it's easy to get hyped up for this stuff because on paper it sounds good, it's motivating and exciting, but then to really understand like, this is what it actually is and this is how I implement, like that's where we really need to focus. So that's what I've tried to do, especially of late. And that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, like you said, it is easy to like leave a conference or something like super pumped up <laughs> or after reading a book, it's like, it's like watching a Rocky Balboa movie. Right. And then it's like, <laughs> I'm going to go run five miles and then you get like hundred yards and it's like, holy crap, yeah. this sucks. Um, <laughs> I signed up for boxing and, class. And, and <laughs> like, <laughs> you, need, you need something to push through those times. Yeah. And I feel like that last section in your previous uh, breakout is kind of some tools and some tips to do just that, to within that failure, what should we be doing? What should we be mm -hmm. feeling? And what is it okay to be feeling those things? Mm -hmm. So if we could move to that that would be great so kind of you walked us through a little activity about how we feel when we fail mm -hmm. how do we react to the failure mm -hmm. and then how should we act as we fail could mm -hmm. you kind of like debrief sure that process yeah i think like if we were to refine it down to like the key message there um the exercise was okay we fail how does that make us feel how do we normally act when we feel like that and kind of the punchline was like most of our behaviors and actions when we fail are negative ones because we feel pain and we're mm -hmm. sad and embarrassed. And when we humans feel those emotions, usually our behaviors aren't necessarily the best. And again, this is human re response to failure and sort of like the, the, the message we're conveying. And this is heavily influenced by Brene Brown's work is feeling pain when we fail is okay most of us look at it as a negative thing and then we try to get rid of it. But the tactics to get rid of pain actually rob us of learning opportunities. So to really learn like a scientist and learn from adversity and failure, it's kind of sitting in the pain and owning the pain and looking for ways to grow and finding those opportunities. Because again, if our goal is simply to get rid of the pain, the way to do that is not the way to grow. And so it's been a powerful message and I've been lucky to actually give it to quite a few student groups and to see the way that that resonates with them. And in a sense, you're just saying, it's okay to feel pain. Just like the fear talk that we did in the morning, that mm -hmm. always hits home with people. But the core message is, it's okay to be afraid. Like that's a big part of what we teach is just common sense and helping people understand it's okay, we're humans. Like we're wired to be afraid and wired to feel pain when we fail and those responses are okay let's go to work on what our actions are off of those rather than feeling shame for being afraid which is what most of us do which i have done for years so and, and i think that's something we overlook as a culture even where like you started off with the michael jordan story mm -hmm. and so often people know yep michael jordan was cut from the basketball team practiced hard and then he, he's a superstar but very rare is it for someone to talk about like Michael Jordan was probably scared. He oh, yeah. was frustrated. He may have thought, hey, I'm just going to give up on this. 100%. We never think that those people who excel at their crafts 
went through these same struggles that we and do every single at our one level. of them did every single one of them did and so when we call them naturals or gifted we're like doing a disservice and not giving them the credit they deserve like lebron james is not a natural he's 6 8 250 that doesn't hurt but his <laughs> skill set has been developed and to call him a natural again that doesn't do justice to the the, the journey he went through and the jordan example is is great because the missing angle there is we all use that story all the time jordan got cut you can do anything but it's like the i think the cool angle there and the one that doesn't get enough love is it's getting cut that made him jordan it's getting cut that lit the spark that made him great so one argument could be if he didn't get cut does he become jordan i don't know but maybe not and that's kind of interesting to think about it's like it is the obstacles and struggles that make us great and make us grow and so now we can understand their value and work to appreciate them when they hit us in the face. Doesn't mean it's fun. Getting cut is always gonna be hurtful. But to understand that there can be growth here if I look in for and appreciate the opportunities. And that's kind of what we're trying to, that's the toolkit we're trying to teach with the message today. Absolutely. I love how you said, like, by us just like fast forwarding through that, fast forwarding through maybe what Jordan felt or his process from that point to where we want to fast forward to, like we're robbing them of their story. Yeah. And the story is what makes them who they are. Like mm -hmm. that's, I'm sure what built their value system and what makes them the totally. person they are. And that's not, that's not just or fair to rob them from that. And therefore we're not learning from it. We're and just it gives the wrong message to the people we're yes, telling that to. Because then they're like, oh, well, like Jordan's just a natural, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's just like, no, anyone that's great at anything has put a ton of time and effort in building that skill set. And if we look at skills as something that you're born with and you either have or you don't, like the way you approach learning isn't gonna be that effective because you just assume like, well, I'm just not a leader or a math person or a people person, when the truth is all three of those things are skills. So you can develop friendliness and leadership <laughs> and speaking and dancing and writing and shooting a ball. Those are skills and it might take a different amount of time to learn it, but we can acquire way more skills than we realize and not only acquire them, but get really good at stuff. And that's the truth. And when we, talk about naturals and gifted we're telling the people around us like yeah you're just not gifted like you can't do that when the reality is mm -hmm. maybe you're not going to be lebron james but you can get really good at basketball and that's the conversation we need to have part of your presentation you talked about and, and this really hit home because i find myself doing this quite a bit especially um with my siblings or my wife about when other people fail <laughs> just being like well it's no big deal mm. it, you know at least this didn't happen. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about that? I know you had shared a story about a friend of yours where you kind of mm -hmm. learned that lesson that we shouldn't really compare pain, that we're mm -hmm. all humans and mm -hmm. pain's pain. Yeah. And so, and this is like the majority of what we just talked about is influenced by Brene Brown and Larry Wilkins. My friend Larry has taught me just so much about kind of all of this because he's definitely lived it. And I think that concept is, is so important because a lot of us when someone else meets adversity we feel like we can at least away the pain oh at mm -hmm. least it's not this and like 
from Brene Brown's work, and I think she even has a YouTube video about this, like that is not an empathetic approach. That isn't a very effective approach because if you really think about it, that doesn't end. It's a race to the bottom, like because it could literally always be worse. There's no end yep. to that. And so when we start comparing it, that can create shame where it's like, I failed and hurt, but I shouldn't hurt because at least I have both of my arms. Mm -hmm. It's just like that creates shame. And so uh, I think the upgrade is to realize like no matter what arena we operate in, this is what I learned from Larry, people are people, pain is pain, failure is failure. It's okay to hurt if you lose a game or fail a test or get dumped. It's okay. And that is going to hurt everyone. And so rather than like feeling shame when we feel pain, it's just to own it and be like, yeah, like. I'm a human, and when we meet adversity, sometimes it stings, and that's okay. And so I think that that was a really important message that I've learned from Brene Brown and Larry Wilkins. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a great point, too. I mean, how many times have we said that to someone where they may be struggling with something, and let's say it's they're applying for a new job, and they don't get it, and it's like, well, at least you still have a job. No big deal. Like, yeah. then they're left with the feeling like those feelings didn't go away because yeah. they're you just said <laughs> if it, anything at least you still have a job right, right. they they're still feeling that stuff Great and shame. now all you did yeah is make them feel like well maybe i shouldn't be having these feelings yeah. or maybe there's something wrong yeah. with me where yeah it's human experience right exactly and when it's we t attach a negative viewpoint at this pain then the human human nature is well i'm not supposed to feel it that means get rid of it and again, the, the ways to get rid of it are you numb it, ignore it, offload it, hide from it. And all those things rob us of opportunities to grow. It's all coming from this perception that pain is a negative thing. And again, this has all been an, a huge eye-opener for me where I've, when I meet adversity and I used to feel sad or discouraged in the past, I was like, I'm so weak because I feel this. When in reality, it was, no, you're a person and you probably should feel this. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> And so, I don't know, I think it's, all of this is like a fun journey for me because I, as much as I can, I try to like walk the walk and I try to like mm -hmm. challenge the things we teach. So I talk a lot about the upgrades that we've made over the last six months and even year about how we use different language and how we try to build more empathy into the message. And so it's been fun to kind of stumble my way through this. Well, that, I think that's what makes it, that's what, to give you more credit, separates you from maybe um, some others that you're willing to make your journey uh, vulnerable and a part of what you're ch teaching us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, well, I've, I've had it right from the start. Now just shut up and listen to me. Yeah. And that's not, that's not at all <laughs> it's what like it's about. <laughs> it's the very, very, very true opposite. And I've, I would assume um, that's for sure what helps you connect with your younger population, your kid population so much more. So you mentioned earlier that you present to both adults and um, students or, or student athletes quite often. Maybe a random question, but one that I'm dying to know. What's your more receptive audience? Between just parents or students and teachers? Or adults, just like just trying uh, yeah. to be. Yeah. I find that this really hits home with kids. Um... Because you're kind of giving them permission and understanding of why they feel the things they feel. I've found that most groups are pretty receptive because most of the message is common sense. Where it's just like, oh, yeah, I know that, but I just don't do it. <laughs> because common sense isn't always common practice. But, and so like, I've found that people are super receptive. To be honest, the most receptive group I've ever worked with 
was the group that I work with in Kansas inside of a prison. Like, off the charts, most receptive and engaged. Five minutes in, asking questions like, how does this work? What does this mean? And j it blew me away. It, like, so they have been the most engaged and curious, which was incredible. But I have found that regardless of age or if it's in the education world, business, sports, people are pretty curious because the way we present it is like kind of uncovering some truths about like, hey, this is why you're afraid of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like people are kind of curious, yeah. like, huh, like I have a, an amygdala, huh? Mm -hmm. And that's what it does. <laughs> uh, sorry to be rude. I didn't mean to be on my phone, but I was looking up. Larry actually has a website that he just launched and he's working on teaching this message to people in poverty. Um, and he's doing incredible work. He, he, he's writing some blogs and getting it started. It's called mindsetmatterscd.wordpress.com. And I cannot thank him enough for how much he's taught me over the last year. And so I just wanted to give his website some love. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. You spoke a little bit about things we can do when we fail, mm -hmm. starting with, um, I believe it was accept it. Mm -hmm. What are some strategies or, or ways we can go about doing that? I think the best tools that I try to implement and, and kind of like the end of that were, were those three questions. And we said like, when we fail or face a challenge, we call it a jungle tiger moment. When that stuff happens, three questions to ask yourself. What can I learn from this? What's great about this? And what would a scientist do? And if you ask and truthfully answer those, most of the time you can find and appreciate the opportunity regardless of what that adversity or obstacle is and so those are like the tools to help us focus on and find opportunities rather than just dwell on the result because when you dwell on the result you're only going to worry about like the negative thing or even the positive thing and if you mm -hmm. only care about the outcome only care about the result like those things can matter but if it that's the only thing that matters you miss out on all the opportunities to grow all the good things all the challenges and the things that can help you learn and so those three questions i think are powerful tools i try to use them a lot could you tell us a little bit about what what do you mean when you say think like a scientist or uh so i, like I think scientist. like the, the easiest way to explain that is scientists number one are excellent learners it's what they do but look at how they approach learning. Step one is they have outcomes and results that matter. And so they really care about curing cancer or colonizing Mars or doing whatever. There is a vision. They don't just go to the lab and go, I just want to learn today. Like they have, <laughs> like, there's something that they pursue. So there is an outcome that really matters that they take seriously. But a scientist knows that outcomes are a reflection of the process. And if I want to achieve the outcome, it's about improving on my process. I do that by experimenting, breaking it, getting feedback on it. And they know that all those things, sometimes failure, sometimes success, they can enhance the process, which brings me closer to, to the outcome. So the key thing to see there is when you realize that outcomes are a reflection of your process, you are one step removed from that equation. So when we talk about if a scientist fails, we talked about Elon Musk when he crashes a rocket with SpaceX. He doesn't feel like a failure as a person. He knows the failure was the process. Now, it still causes pain and it's still frustrating for sure, but he doesn't feel like a failure. That's why scientists are good at learning. They're detached. It's the process. So when I fail, that can suck, but I look at the process. So the interesting thing to look at is the opposite approach 
the opposite of learning like a scientist is to feel like you're kind of the experiment where my ego is attached to the outcomes. So rather than taking outcomes seriously like a scientist does, I take them personally. And so now when the rocket crashes, it's I am a failure. And that is a big difference between the process mm -hmm. was a failure. So now when my ego is on the line when I'm in school or in sports or just in life and the outcomes hurt me personally, it's hard to fail enough in order to grow. Because if everyone cuts deep, you're not going to fail enough in order to acquire the skill. And so learning like a scientist is when I meet adversity and meet an obstacle or fail, I can feel that pain. But then I go to work on like, what can I learn from this? Not take it personally, but look at that process and why did the failure happen? What are the nuggets that I can draw from this? What can I do next time? And that can only happen if you kind of move through that and like feel that pain and own it rather than try to get rid of it. I love that analogy simply because the one step removed part because so often in my life, I'm sure a lot of people, when we fail, it's we feel it's a direct reflection of who we are. Yeah. And it's not the case. So like if Greg Detmeyer releases a podcast and uh, the thing gets five views, mm -hmm. which hasn't happened. We got 10. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. No, your and, podcast is and, actually blowing up. It's and great. And eight of them have the last name Detmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> no. Been there, man. My first video had like 20 views. 19 were my mom's. So. <laughs> Yay, mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> All our listener mail this week is my mom. Mm. Um, no, but like. It just means whatever I did going into that process mm -hmm. didn't work. It doesn't mean that Greg Detmeyer himself is a failure. And maybe it did work. Maybe it's like we're just starting and so mm -hmm. whatever. But when we, when outcomes, when we take it personally, you kind of miss those facts of like, oh, this is a part of the process. We're early. Or what are the things that led to this? Did I launch it on a holiday or something? Yep. Like there's all sorts of things you can learn, but you miss them if it's just like, no, I'm just not cut out not to be a podcaster, yeah. which is not true. Which could be the, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe for Jenny. <laughs> I'm just Aww. kidding. Just kidding. Podcasting is a skill. Yeah. Um, Trevor, I want to give you, we're kind of wrapping up here, the opportunity to plug trainugly.com mm. a little bit because I have used that resource and I'm on the mailing list and mm -hmm. love the content there. Could you tell people kind of a little bit about what's all there, where mm -hmm. that's going, and sure. uh, how to find it? Train Ugly is a resource for people, for anyone who's curious about learning. And so kind of what I do is everything I learn, I share it on the website for free usually through articles but moving forward more through videos because that's way better um and so i just make content for teachers and coaches and students and athletes and people to kind of figure out their learning journey and so it's a really exciting project for me and, and job for me to like take this science and research kind of digest it and figure out what it means and then share it in a way where people remember what we said earlier, understand it and know how to use it. And that's kind of the intent of the website is to be a tool. Um, definitely not trying to sell anyone anything. It's all free. Um, and moving forward, the, the aim for the next year is to really double down on the videos and crank more of those out because I think it's really an effective way to teach and share. And so 
like I caught myself writing all these articles, which are kind of easy to do, but I myself don't even like to read articles. So mm. why am I sharing <laughs> articles? And so I'm going to double down and, and try to crank out more videos because I think they're effective. And the videos that are found there are good, like great free videos. Sometimes you watch a video and it's like, yeah, I can see why that was free, but mm. yours are good. Like the mm. graphics, the, mm. the audio, the visual, it's all, it just works. Appreciate that. It's awesome. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Cool. Kelly, anything else? No. This I'd is your last time at the mic for a little while. Says who? Uh, Jenny will probably <laughs> want to have something to say about that. You can't do a mic drop because it's on a stand, it's unfortunately. Very <laughs> do not throw the mic. <laughs> No, it's been an amazing experience. It's, I got to tell you guys, I mean, I'm sure many of you have gotten the chance to uh, hear Trevor in person, meet him possibly. But I, I have to say, if you haven't, like, watch the videos. It's the real deal. Like, he, <laughs> it, there's, there's no hidden, there's no hidden <laughs> in the content, you know, there's no, yeah. in the person, it's not like, oh, and then I met him. Never <laughs> mind. Like, that's not <laughs> it. So, so that is, that is your best free most easily accessible, like laying in bed at night, give yourself these doses, okay? Because we need it and we need it often. And watch them 852 times because it's literally <laughs> how much some of us need it mm. in order to make the changes that, that maybe we need. Wow. And he is the real deal. He says, and you say in all your uh, presentations, hey, here's my contact information. And uh, Trevor emailed me right back. So if he's going to email me back, he'll email just about <laughs> anyone back. <laughs> Trevor, seriously, thank you for no, joining you us. You guys are great. Um, I appreciate it. And at this time, I'm going to promote some listener mail. If you have any thoughts on the things Trevor had to say today, please let us know at our website, www.iccpodcast.com. You can find our past shows there as well as well as a bunch of little buttons that'll take you to social media areas. As we leave this final podcast with Kelly Simon, for the foreseeable, planned out future at least, <laughs> ask yourself, what one thing could I do tomorrow that will make me a better version of myself? And wake up and do it. Because greatness isn't achieved by one event, but instead a series of small intentional steps. Go be awesome. Awesome.